What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Last week, bit of a rough one for us, missed on the 20 to one, 13 and 14 overall. So not awful, but one under 500, worse than we would like. We'd like to go over 500 every week. This week, have some unfortunate news for you. I don't really see a 20 to one. Uh, we've got a few games that definitely stand out. Chiefs at Vikings will probably be a shootout. Definitely like that game. Eagles at Rams could have a lot of plays. Both of these teams are very explosive, really good offenses. So we could see that one be back and forth. Um, you could definitely stack up the London game. That's Jaguars and the Bills. Doesn't matter who's at there. Again, it's at London. Uh, both very explosive offenses there. Maybe Giants at Dolphins. If you want to take like three players on the Dolphins. And then you like, I mean, I like Wandale on the Giants side, but it's kind of tough to pick a second player. So if you wanted to do like Wandale, Daniel Jones, and then, you know, some of the running backs and Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins side, that's possible. Or you could go for Cowboys at 49ers, which is one we'll talk about for three picks in one. But again, I didn't see anything for all five. So again, plenty of spots to attack. A lot of games that could produce big time numbers. I don't see five for one game. So. We'll go over uh, like 9 or 10, I don't know exactly how many it is, but 9 or 10 are my favorite individual picks. And again, there's going to be three from that San Fran and Dallas game. So, top of the list this week, my opinion is Bijan Robinson, higher than 77 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Bijan at this point is the engine that runs the Falcons offense. Like he continues to grow his lead over Algier every single week. Algier snap percentages of 56%. 44%, 30%, and then 26% last week. So he's losing more and more every week. They're giving more to Bijan. Also, it's not like they've, you know, not, he's not giving them a reason. You know, it's not like Algier is going out there having five yards per carry, producing really well in the receiving game. And they're like, wow, you know, we still just have to give it to Bijan, but you're playing so well, it's tough to do. He's averaging 3.36 yards per carry, 5.3 yards reception. And that's even counting his really good game in week one. It's even worse if you remove that. So Bijan playing significantly better. He's obviously going to be a superstar in the league, basically already is. Uh, from this point on, you should expect him to see the vast majority of touches for the running backs, honestly, for the team overall. And that's great news this week because they are facing a massive run funnel in the Texans defense. Texans are the number four matchup for opposing running backs. They rank 28th in rush defense DVOA, they face the third highest situation neutral rush rate. When the game is sort of close, teams decide to run on the Texans. That's very bad news against a Falcons team that I think everyone watching this could have guessed leads the league in rush rate over expectation. On average, the Falcons want to run the ball more than any other team. They're facing a team that teams naturally run the ball against. We're going to see a ton of carries for Bijan. Great player. I'm expecting him to go off. That's my favorite. Second favorite pick is Dalton Kincaid, higher than 28 and a half receiving yards. We attacked this spot last week with the Falcons, just knowing that Jacksonville gives up a ton of production to tight ends. Unfortunately, I picked Kyle Pitts instead of Chanu Smith, who ended up having 11 more receiving yards than any other game in his career last week. Chanu goes off, Kyle Pitts. Honestly, Kyle Pitts looks terrible out there right now. Uh, so the spot is obviously good. We just picked the wrong tight end last week. I think this week it's Kincaid. 
Dawson Knox could go out there and ruin my life again, but I'm pretty sure it's Kincaid this week. Um, snaps have been trending in his favor. Uh, Knox has basically lost like 10% of his snaps in every single game uh, this season. Like he just loses 10% from the week before. And then um, Kincaid's trending up last week was the first time that Kincaid actually outsnapped Dawson Knox. I think that just continues throughout the season. Like Kincaid is someone they drafted to be their receiving tight end. Uh, it's just very natural that he's going to get more work. Um, rookie tight ends also don't typically come out here and dominate from the start. So even in week four, passing Knox and Snapshare, that's still really, really good for him. Um, also, he didn't like dominate last week, but the five targets were nice to see. Uh, again, I think his role is just going to continue to grow every week moving forward. And at just 28 and a half receiving yards, he doesn't have to go off. Like He doesn't have to go out there and have seven for 75 in a touchdown. He needs to get to 29 receiving yards. I think you're betting on the talent and the matchup here, and you're hoping the opportunity is just average. Third favorite pick is going to be Joshua Dobbs over 21 and a half rushing yards. He's quietly been really good this season. Not even just talking about his rushing, like not producing turnovers, um, just being accurate with the football, but then also the rushing has been really good as well. He's just been a lot better than expected this season. He's got 41, 55, and 48 rushing yards in the last three weeks with many of those coming on design quarterback runs and against really good defenses. He's not like carving up awful defenses on the ground. He's played San Fran. He's played Dallas. Like he's playing good teams and he's still doing well. Uh, so far, the Bengals have faced two mobile quarterbacks and two statues in the pocket and things have basically gone as you expected. Lamar, Watson, both had good games on the ground. Stafford, Tannehill did not. Again, no one's going to expect in any matchup Stafford and Tannehill to go out there and have 50 rushing yards. It's just not going to happen, right? So there's nothing about the matchup that truly stands out. But the fact that he's more than willing to scramble, he's been good on scrambles, and they're going to throw in a few designed runs, that means 21.5, I think, is a little bit on the low end. I have him projected for 31, but I also have him under projected his average rushing share. So his rushing share off the top of my head is around like 21, 22% of the offense. I have him around like 18%. So I'm being a little bit conservative with his rushing projection and he still projects for over. Those are the picks you want to make again, higher than 21 and a half rushing yards for Joshua Dobbs. Fourth favorite. He's Brandon Ayuk, my boy, uh, 54 and a half receiving yards. He's gone over this mark in six consecutive healthy regular season games, and he's just been a monster this season. Like, he got the injury uh, in week two, but when he's been healthy this year, dominant. And even if you include that game that he left with injury, he is averaging this season a 26.7% target share, 18.8 yards perception, and an 85% catch rate. Obviously, you cannot project him with those numbers. That will not hold. That is incredibly efficient. He will not be that efficient all season long. But just so you know, if you project him to be that efficient, he's projecting for over 111 receiving yards. His matchup, again, the line is 54.5. So given what he's done, the line is about half what it should be. He's not going to continue doing that all season. Uh, I haven't projected for well below those marks, but even being conservative with the projection, he projects for 76 receiving yards. Also, Dallas is going to seem like a, a very scary matchup, but they're actually a plus matchup for wide receivers, and the matchup is now softer with Diggs done for the season. Also, 
I kind of come to this thought a lot with the 49ers. How much does matchup really matter? Like for a lot of teams, for 90% of the teams out there, you look at matchup and it definitely matters. Against really good defenses, you want to shy away. The 49ers are such a well-coached team, have such good players that I don't think matchup matters all that much. If anything, game script matter, matters and like just the, the, the team on the other side, how good is their offense? And that's why I'm kind of thinking about this game potentially if you want the 20 to 1. It would be this, right? San Fran has a lot of games where they get up by a ton of points, and it's like they did really well up until that point, and then they go on a 10-minute drive, they end the game, and it's just like the other team's down by 20 points, they can't do anything, they just run the ball every play. If we can get a back-and-forth game, and especially if you can get Dallas on the other side scoring points, well, now we can get an aggressive 49ers team. I will take an aggressive 49ers team against any defense in the league and expect them to produce really good numbers. So I would take higher than 54.5 on Ayuk. I would also do, for that same reason, Christian McCaffrey, over 75.5 rushing yards. Uh, it's a negative matchup for sure for running backs against Dallas, uh, but James Conner did run for 98 yards on them, so it's definitely possible. Uh, they're pretty much average in rushing yards per game allowed this season at 112. They surprisingly rank 27th in yards per carry allowed, so they're definitely not just like stuffing every single team in the run game, right? So I do view this again as a negative matchup, but it's San Fran. I don't think matchup matters that much. Also, McCaffrey has 152 rushing yards in week one, 116 in week two, 85 in week three, 106 last week. So 75 and a half feels more than fair. And again, if the game is close, they're less likely to use the backup running max. And so we should get more opportunities there. And again, I said that I don't know uh, if like I can really get a 20 to one from this game. But if you're taking McCaffrey and the Uke, I would add in CeeDee Lamb on the other side, higher than 67 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he only has a 21.5% target share. You say only, I mean, that's still really good target share on a good team. But um, he's been highly efficient. He's caught over 76% of his targets. That's also probably going to come down over time. But I think the target share will go up. Um, he's been held back, honestly, by some blowouts. They beat the Giants by 40 on opening night. The Patriots by 35 last week. You're not expecting in the second halves of those games for CeeDee Lamb to have a bunch of receiving yards. They're not really throwing the ball. Uh, they brought in the backups in some of those games. He only has one fourth quarter catch in those two games combined and even if you think you know Dallas can win this game they're not going to beat the 49ers by 35 40 points so you're going to see CD Lamb in the second half of the game uh, so overall I think yes his catch rate is probably going to drop from what we've seen at right now but I think his target share will grow over the season so I haven't projected a little bit higher than the 21 and a half percent that he's been at and if you do that he's going to project well over the 67 and a half receiving yards also, again, if you're taking the 49ers side, you want Dallas side. You want Dallas to be competitive, and you also want big plays. CeeDee Lamb is the most likely player. I guess Tony Pollard as well, but I like CeeDee Lamb's line a little bit more. Um, but in the receiving game, at least, CeeDee Lamb is the most likely player to be consistently producing chunk plays to maybe get a play that's you know 50 yards downfield. If any of those continually happen, or if he gets you know a 50-yard play, that's going to really correlate well with the over on the 49ers players. So again, you want them together. Uh, another one I really like is Jonathan Mingo, higher than 23 and a half receiving yards. He opened the season playing 87% and 98% of the snaps in weeks one and two, which is very impressive for rookie. Then he was starting to play really well in week three, had six targets on the first 26 snaps. 
And then he gets the concussion. He's forced to leave that game. And then he had to miss last week as well because usually when the player gets concussed, they're going to miss at least one week. Uh, but he's playing this week. That's already been confirmed. And he gets a matchup against a Detroit defense that's the worst matchup for opposing running backs, meaning it's a little bit more likely the Panthers will be forced to be pass heavy and then also the Panthers are massive I think it's up to maybe 11 points but it's 10 or 11 point road underdogs and so everything sets up to where it's like they're not going to run the ball the matchup's tough running they're going to be down you're not expecting them to go run heavy they're going to have to lean pass heavy which they're willing to do because they want to develop Bryce Young and then also they want to develop Mingo right and they want to develop the chemistry between these two players 23 and a half receiving yards for a player that, you know, is playing virtually every snap on the offense that they've clearly, even in blowouts, been just trying to get targets to. He really only needs to catch two or three balls to go higher than this mark. I think he will. I think we take his line this week. Final pick we're going to have is a lower, finally one on the lower end, uh, Alexander Madison lower than 54 and a half rushing yards. Uh, the Vikings get a home matchup with the Chiefs this week, and the line is moving in their favor. Opened at like five, I think, all the way down now. It's only three and a half point home underdogs against the Chiefs. It feels a little bit too close to me, but it felt too close to me at like four, and now it's moving to three and a half. If we ever see it get to three, it's going to be very surprising, but the, you know, the betting markets are really liking the Vikings this week, and honestly, my model agrees. When I ran the model, I didn't look at the lines yet, and it spit out 4.7 for road favorites for Kansas City. And I was like, something seems to be off there. And then I look at the actual line and it was around four and a half at the time. So there is something behind this. Um, but regardless, I don't think at least it's likely that the Vikings get up early, sit on a lead and let Madison ice the game away. Even if they get up, they have to know that they need to be producing points against Kansas City. And it's not like Kansas City is like an easy team to run on. They're still pretty decent at stopping the run. And my guess, if you force me to guess on a game script, I think even if the game stays close, my guess is Kansas City is still ahead and you have the Vikings trailing. And when they trail, they do go pretty pass heavy. Also, Kansas City has faced the ninth lowest opponent rush rate. They faced the seventh fewest carries overall and so you add that to the fact that acres did look pretty good last week madison did as well so i'm not saying madison looks bad but acres looks better than ty chandler and he's gonna get more touches than ty chandler and we saw in that first week they're using acres madison did have his lowest snap share of the season in week two it's possible at least and i don't know if it's going to happen but it's at least possible they expand acres role and if they do that if acres can go up to like 40 45% of the snaps and looks really good. Well, now you're asking a lot for Madison again in a game that I expect to be trailing and throwing the ball more. Because if it gets to a point in the second half where they're down by like 10 points, they're probably not giving a lot of carries to Alexander Madison. And so you're probably going lower on the 54 and a half. So that's like nine or 10 of my favorite picks this week, but I do have a much larger list on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want to see an exact projection for every single player and look for your own picks, you can see that over there as well. Also, if you want to take advantage of some of these picks, you can sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA. Do that and they will not only match your first deposit up to $100, but the following morning is an email from me giving you access to all of my picks all season long. So not only can you look at the, the free ones in the video today, 
free ones in the video every single Saturday, but there's like twice as many on my website as well. You'll have access to all that for free. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button, have subscribed to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.